We're up to Davchafchas Amid Beis. We're up to Amar um, Avalazar. It's the first word on line is Tzulchiso. It's about fifteen to twenty lines from the bottom. Uh, about fifteen lines from the bottom. The first word on line is Tzulchiso Be'Evin Chayiv and Amar Avalazar. So just to review what we said, we quoted a brisa. The brisa said that if a person trips and breaks his flask on a stone, so the owner of the stone has to pay. So we said yesterday that there's two options for how to understand this b'raisa. Option number one is that it follows the view of Rav Yehuda that the stone is a bar, and it follows the view of Rav Yehuda that you're for kalim and a bar, or it follows Rav and the cases where you're not mafkarit, so it's shar. But either way, the person of the owner of the stone has to pay for it. Now the Gemara clarifies. Amr Avalazar, Lo Yishanu, this is only true. El Shanit Gal Be'Evan Benasha Be'Evan where you tripped on the stone and broke the flask on the stone. So the stone was the entire cause of the damage. That's when the owner of the stone is chayiv. But let's say you stumble on the ground. Let's say you trip on the sidewalk and then break the glass against the stone. Potter. The owner of the stone does not have to pay. Why? Because then the real hezek is perceived to have been done by the owner of the ground. And the owner of the ground is potter because it's ground. Meaning, in other words... The owner of the stone can say, I didn't do it. Now this is related, okay, that's fine. Now this is related to a shayla that we had, we referenced once, but we're going to be dealing with later on. Keman deloike Rav This is not like Rav Nosen. Now Rav Nosen shita is as follows. We, we referenced it once. What if you have an ox goring another ox and shoves it into a pit? And then the animal dies in the pits. The question is, who's chayiv? So we said to Pasha, the Baal Hashar is chayiv. The pit was the pit was just like a, a innocent bystander. It's it's the ox that gored the other ox. The question is, what if the balashar doesn't have any money? Could you then go to the balhabar? So it's a machlekes. One opinion says yes. The Rav Nassim says you can go to the balabar and say, I understand that you weren't the sole cause, and really it would have happened without you. But I'd like you to pay. That's Rav Nassim's sheet. The Chacham say no. So our shaila is kind of related. I trip on the ground. The ground is the real cause of the hezek. I happen to break the flask on a stone. Now, if not for the stone, it would also have been broken. The Iker hezek happened by the ground. The ground can't pay. It's similar to the Baal Hashar not being able to pay. Can I then go to the Baal Habar, in this case, the owner of the stone, and say, you pay me? So the Bryce says, no. You could only require, you could only demand money if you tripped on the stone and broke the, broke the glass on the stone. So the Balha Evan, Balha Bar is entirely at fault. But if you trip on the ground and then fall and then break it on, this, on, the, on the stone, the Bala stone is potter. Why? Because he could say, I'm not the one who did this whole, I'm, I'm not the one who started this whole thing. Meaning this is very similar to a, you have two, basically you have two Bali Hezekin. You have the ground, which is the Iker, and then you have the Tuffle, which is the Balha, Bala Evan. We're saying right now the Bala Evan does not have to pay because you go to the Iker one. I, the Iker one, is the, is the ground and no one can pay for it. Sorry. So it's very similar to you have a shar hitting another shar, pushing it into a bar. The Iker is the shar. The bystander is the Bala bar. According to Rabbi Nassan, if the Bala shar can't pay, you can go to the Bala bar. So according to Rabbi Nassan, if the Bala ground can't pay, you can go to the Bala Evan. This Bryson says you cannot, which means it's not like Rabbi Nassan. They're not exactly the same, though, because if you remove the middle element, if it was just the ball, you'd be high. Same thing over here. If 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 there was no if there was no ground, if there was no shar, meaning if I had just hurt myself entirely on the evan, I'd be high. Meaning they're both similar. Is that that there's the ikr and the tuffle, 
and the Iker cannot pay. So you have the Balashar, and he doesn't have money, or over here it's ground. That was the Iker. The stone is sort of a, a bystander. Well, who are you going to charge? It's, it's Rosh Hashanah, whatever. It's Rosh Hashanah, Who are you going to charge? The point is, you trip on Rosh Hashanah. No, you trip. No, no, that's fine. No, 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 that's fine. So the point is, you trip on you trip on the Rosh Hashanah, and then you fall and you break the glass on the stone. So that obviously the ground, which is the acre, can't pay. So the question is, can I go to the subsidiary Hezek, Bala Hezek, and say, pay me? So the price says no, and that's not like Rabbi Nassim. And Ikadamri, some have a different version that you can. According to this version, if you trip on the ground and break it on the flask, the flask on the stone, you could demand money. Kiman Kirabi Nasan, and it follows Rabbi Nasan. Okay. Now, new topic. New topic from here into the almost the end of the daf. It's not very difficult. You gotta just focus. So the Mishnah said like this. Just to review, the Mishnah said. Let me read you the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, if I break two cases, I break a barrel of water in Rosh Hashanah and someone gets hurt. And again, we said yesterday, either someone gets hurt on the ground or someone gets hurt muddy, their clothing, whatever it is. You get hurt, you're chayiv. Or if someone breaks, hurts themselves on the shards of glass, you're chayiv. Rabbi Yehuda said the following line, B'mischav and chayiv, b'mischav and pater. Yehuda says, you're not always chayiv. It depends if you had kavana. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean kavana? What is kavana in this case? Again, I'm the owner of a barrel. My barrel broke. So according to Tanakama, I'm chayiv for the damages. Rav Yudah says, it depends if you had kavana. Kavana for what? So let's analyze this. The Gemara says, Hechi dam what, what does kavana mean? So we're going to go with two pshatim. You have a rabba. Again, again, the barrel hits the ground. Explain again the case. And the barrel broke. Barrel and someone slips and hurts themselves. The balha kad is chayv. Rav Yudah says, only if you had kavana. Kavana for what? So hechi dam So there's two pshatim. There's two mahalchim. There is rabba. And Abaya. Let's go with Rabba. Rabba's pshat is mischav in lahirid de lamatik seva. You know what you know. You know what uh, kavana means. Kavana means there's two ways that this barrel can break. One is you're walking and it just breaks on its own. Purely just breaks on its own. Just you have this sometimes a bag. It's too heavy. It just breaks. That he holds. Rabbi Yehuda is not kavana. Rabbi Yehuda does not hold yichayev for that case because that's an onus. What's the case of kavana where you're lowering the barrel down? Oh, and then it breaks. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, the cases where you're lowering it down from your shoulder, and then it becomes too heavy and you drop it. But because you began the process of lowering it down, that's called kavana to break it. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, then you're high. But if it just breaks naturally on, on your shoulder, you're potter. Now that makes a lot of sense, right? Because it's an onus. What am I supposed to do? And here's the problem. That's Rabbi Yehuda's shita. So what does the Tanakhama hold? So the Tanakama holds that if it's on the shoulders, if it's on my shoulders and it just naturally breaks, I'm going to be chayev? That doesn't make any sense. Why would, why would the Tanakama, who we'll call the Tanakama Rameir because it's Rameir, why would the Tanakama say that if it just breaks naturally on my shoulders, it's a complete oinus. I'm walking mamish and the barrel just, the fibers of the barrel just split apart. Rav Yudha says, you're potter because that's not mechaven. Perfect. That makes a lot of sense. So why does Rameir tackle hold yichayev? So the Gemara says, You're telling me the Machloikis is in a case where it just breaks naturally on the shoulder. Rav Yudah says, Potter and Rav Meir says, Chayiv. So Rav Meir is, hold your Chayiv if the barrel just breaks naturally. That doesn't make any sense. I'm like, in, yeah. 
Rameir Taka holds that your Chayiv, if it naturally breaks on your shoulder, even though it's a complete minus. That's the Shita right now. So according to Rabbah, the Machloik is Rameir and Rav Yehuda is where you're walking on Main Street, the barrel's on your shoulder, it just breaks. Rameir says your Chayiv for any damages that it does, and Rav Yehuda says Potter. Now Rav Yehuda is very logical. It's Potter because it's an Ones. So why does Rameir hold your Chayiv? So the Gemara says, Am I? Ones who? Why? why? It's an Ones. We have a rule throughout the Torah that an Ones are not responsible. The Pasuk says that if a woman is attacked, you don't give her the death penalty because she's attacked. It's not her fault at all. Ones is a complete p'tur as we find by the death penalty. Says the Gemara, and if you say maybe onus is only an exemption from the death penalty, but maybe when it comes to hezek, your chayiv, but that's also it's probably not true. If you lock up your ox in a way that is completely guarded, and then some onus happened, I'm on potter. So what are, what are we talking about? And I'll prove it to you. Again, we have machlekes in our Mishnah between Rameir and Rabbi Yehuda, something to do with a barrel of water. So we think that the case is, again, where either someone hurt themselves in the water or someone hurt themselves in the shard. So right now we're saying the machlekes is where it broke due to beyond natural causes and Rameir says, you're chayv. The Gemara says, why? Look at this b'risa. The b'risa says like this, nishbara kadai v'loi silke. Now, case number one is not where it broke. I don't, we don't know how it broke, but it broke and you refused to clean it. So now here's the case, like you dropped a glass on Main Street, v'loi silke, and you refused to take it away. Or nafal gamloi, or your camel dies on Main Street and falls dead, v'loy hemidai, and you don't remove the body, you don't remove the carcass, you don't, you don't, you don't get it to move. So the question is, are you chayiv? Rav Meir mechayiv behezekon, mechachamim oimrim pata midini on the mechayiv midini shemaim. Rav Meir says you chayiv if anybody hurts because not removing is considered a pshia, and the Gemara will explain this in a moment. It's a bar, meaning basically you left a bar b'shus arabim, and the chum say no, you're technically potter midini adam, you'll chayv midini shemayim, but you're potter midini adam, and we'll analyze this in a moment. So there's a machlekes. Let's keep going. We're trying to prove that an onus everyone agrees is exempt. So let's keep going. Moed mecham l'rameyer, everyone agrees that you're chayiv ba'avnei sekinu masay shenicha b'reish gaga. If I put a knife on the roof in an area that's so precarious that it will blow over with a regular wind. So, and it does. Everyone agrees that you're chayv. Because that is an, that's not an onus, that's a pshia. If you leave a knife on the corner of your, you know, on the roof, in a place where it's so precarious that a small wind will knock it over, and it gets knocked over, that's not an onus, that's a pshia. Everyone agrees that you're chayv. I'm sorry, where was the hezek? <clears throat> Whatever, wherever, wherever it needs to be. Well, well, let's say it was... It doesn't matter. Whatever the case is, I'm chayiv for doing my job, even though I'm not the one who threw the knife, but leaving it on the roof, and then it falls. Well, let's say the guy's in Shusamazik. It doesn't matter. You'd be still chayiv? Yeah, you, you can't be... leave that there. You can't leave that who there. Who told him to go into Shusamazik? It's a knife. I didn't do it, but you can't leave it on a roof. So, but okay, so fine. So take oh, okay. Rosh Hashanah out of it. It's not the point of the Gemara. Oh, okay. the, 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 the point is, I'm chayiv for my pshia. Right. Okay, so that's the first case. But okay, so everyone agrees that you're chayiv in such a case. But now the opposite. Everyone agrees you're potter. Where I leave jugs on the roof in order to dry in the sun. So I'm going to my roof, putting them to dry. And a hurricane comes, winds that are beyond, beyond uh, you know, what I expected, blow them away. The hezika and shuupater. Everyone agrees with potter. Why? Because it's an onus. So what do you see from here? Everyone agrees that onus by hezik is potter. So why are you saying the machlekes? 
The machlekes is again where I'm walking on Main Street and then the barrel just breaks naturally. You're saying that's the machlekes. That's a case of onus. And Ramirez says Yechayev. That's not true. That doesn't make sense. So we're going to reject Rabba. We're going to go with Abaya. Abaya does not like Rabba's interpretation of the machlekes, and therefore Abaya says like this. Abaya says Ela Amr Abaya Betarti Pligi. The machlekes between Ramayer and Rabbi Yehuda in our Mishnah is actually about two cases. Because our Mishnah, actually, if you remember the case, our Mishnah is Lushen. Our Mishnah has two cases. They both seem to be similar. Nishbara Kadai and Laka Becharosis. One is that you got hurt in the water and you got hurt in the shards. So you read this and you're just like, okay, they're the same. No, they're actually two separate cases and two separate situations. One is Pliki Bishas Nafila. One is you got hurt as the item is falling, and we'll explain what the machlekes is, and one is the damage happened after it fell, and we'll explain what the machlekes is. Let's go through each one. The machlekes is, the end, you're dropping, the jug hurts someone as it's falling. Now what's the machlekes? Again, if it's a pshia, you're chayiv. If it's an onus, you're potter. What's the machlekes? The machlekes is nitkal. Is stumbling considered a pshia? Someone walks and just catches, you know, they, they, they just trip on their own feet. Is that considered an onus? Because you're like, I didn't do, like, whatever. I don't know, it's just, I'm walking. Or is it a pshia? Because you should be more careful with how you walk. That's the machlekes. So machlekes number one is the person is walking and they trip on their own feet and they hurt someone as they're going down. And the machlekes is, is tripping on your own feet a pshia or not a pshia? That's machlekes number one. The Tanakhama of Meir feels that tripping is considered a pshia because you should be more careful with your own. It's like even people perceive it as like you're stumbling on your own feet. That's, that's on you. And Ravina says, no, I'm not a pshia. Pshia is where like I did something that the average person is like, what are you doing? I, I didn't mean to. It's like I, I bit my tongue. I don't know. I, I don't know why I did it. I, so that's the machlaikis of whether stumbling is considered a pshia or not. That's the first machlaikis. But now there's a second machlaikis. And this second machlaikis is incredibly important to understand because it will take us through the rest of the daf. The second machlaikis is pligilachar nefil. There's a second machlaikis. I dropped the barrel. We'll talk about how I got dropped. Pshia or not, whatever. The barrel broke on the floor. And I choose not to pick it up, and I'm mafker it, and I choose not to pick it up. And the machle, what's the machlegas? The Gemara says, "Pligel achan afila mafker nezakov, mafker marisaver mafker nezakov, chayiv marisaver potter." What's the machlegas? Look at Rashi. Rashi says a very important Rashi because it will help us understand the rest of that. Mafker nezakov, the last wide line, four lines in. Kegayin zeb mistama mafker lecharasa. The cases where you're mafker the shards. So what's the machlegas? Rameir saver mafker nezakov chayiv. Rameir Shita is, this is a fundamental machlegis, is what is the case of bar that you're chayv? So Rameir says, well, every bar is b'rshusarab. So that means I don't own it. So anytime I leave a stumbling block that I do not own, I'm chayv. That's Rameir Shita. So in this case, if I shards of glass that I'm after, because what do I need shards of glass for? That's a bar, b'rshusarab, I'm chayv. What's Rav Yehuda Shita, Rav Yehuda says no. Savar Potter, Rav Yehuda says you only chayv if you're mechaven. But if you're not mechaven, you're potter. We'll have to define what does it mean mechaven in this case. But the point is, you're potter. Svir leidaha, hifker rishusa, v'le hifker bayre, zehu bar arma b'tar. Rav Yehuda says no, that's not bar. Bar from the Torah is not a case where it's ownerless. It's actually owned. What does it mean? 
It has to be in Rosh Hashanah, but it's own. So what's the case? So according to Rav Yehuda, the classical case of bar, according to Rav the classical case of bar is I go to Main Street, I just dig a hole. Easy peasy, I don't own anything, bar Rosh Hashanah, and it's a Chiddush that although I own nothing, the Torah is going to punish me. That's, that's Rav Meir. Rav Yehuda says, no, 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 that's not the case. Bar in the Torah, that's actually Potter, because I don't own anything. What is, what's the case of Chayev? Is where I, I own a plot of land. I dig a hole in it. And then I'm mafker the area around the hole, but not the hole itself. So it's a bar, versus harabim, because people now have access to the area, because I was mafker it. But I still own the bar. So according to Rav Yehuda, you have to own the bar to be chayv. So this is a fundamental machalikas, is what is the case of bar? So by the way, the way it's bar versus harabim is I have a, a, a plot of land adjacent to Main Street. I pull my property line back. I'm mafker the whole area, so now it becomes a part of Main Street. But the pit itself, I'm not mafker. That's Rabbi Yehuda holds the chayv. So the fundamental machlekes of Yehuda and Rameir is what is bar from the Torah? Is bar considered? Is it ownerless bar that's chayv, or dafka owned bar that's chayv brishas aram? This changes everything. Yes. So Correct. Yes. Yes. You'll have to rewrite. Yes. You'll, this apparently we did reference this. This is a machlekes later on, Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmuel. But that is the fundamental machlekes over here, and you got to understand that because the rest of the daf, that's all we're going to be talking about. So the machlekes is what is bar from the Torah? Is bar a case where it's ownerless, or bar is a case where I actually own the bar itself? I just don't own the area around the bar. That's the machlekes. So in this case, I broke class and I'm after it. I don't own it. So Rameir says, well, every bar you don't own. Ravita says, no, 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 you own every bar. I don't own this class, therefore I'm not going to be chayef. So this machloikas is that machloikas. Okay. So now, before we go weiter, now, so we're saying right now that machloikas are made of you, there's actually two cases. One is where you hurt someone while it's dropping, and the machloikas is, is stumbling considered a pshia. And the second machloikas is about bar, in general, after fell. How do you know that it, there's two machloikasim? Where do you see that? Because I said there's two cases. Umimai, umimai, how do you know there's two machloikasim? Mitiktari taiti. Because the Mishnah actually gives two cases, right? It says, hochlik you slipped in the water, case A. Case B is you hurt yourself in the shards. So you read this Mishnah, you could just read it as like, oh, two examples of, no, 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 it's not two examples, it's two cases, two machleksim. The Gemara says, Hainu hach, That's the machleks. Now, okay, now that was the machleks in the Mishnah. Now, if you remember, we quoted a Brisa. The Brisa said, very similar machleks, the Brisa said, if a person hurt, uh, drops, uh, breaks a barrel and doesn't remove it, and if a person's camel falls and he doesn't get it to move. Both of them is the machlaikas or It's the same machlaikas. And now if the Mishnah is two cases, that machlaikas is also two cases. So far, okay. It could be, right? The Gemara says, Meaning, when the Brisa says the case of the camel and the barrel, it's the same thing. One is where the barrel fell and the machlaikas is whether stumbling is considered a pshia. And then the second case of the barrel is where I dropped it and I refused to move it, but I was mafker it, and is that bar from the Torah? Now, here's the issue. With the barrel, I totally get the machlaikas. I just explained it. I think it makes a lot of sense. The camel, though, I understand the second part, whereas my camel died, I'm mafker it because I don't want it, and then someone trips on it. Is that bar from the Torah? P- perfect sense. But what's the case of the camel falling? You see, when a person falls, I understand the machlaikas. The machlaikas is, is tripping, considered a pshia. If my animal tripped, it, how is that a pshia on me? Like, what? That same machlaikas, you have to impute, you have to put it in, input, with a camel falling. 
I don't, I don't understand that. Because when a person falls, I get that there could be a debate. Is a person tripping? You're a person who should know how to walk. And if you trip, that's a machlegas. But if my camel just all of a sudden trips while I'm, while I'm riding it, that you're telling me is also machlegas. Because you're inputting the same thing. If you're going to do it, right, then that means the case of the camel is too machlegsim. There's where after it fell on the ground, I refuse to move and I'm after it. Yeah, totally get the machlegas of whether bar is owned or not. But then the other one is where the camel fell. What's the machlegas? Whether a camel falling is pshia? How could that be pshia? If my camel fell, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to now anticipate my camel falling? Like the Gemara says... What's the case that you could possibly argue about a camel falling that there could be a debate whether it's Shia? If the camel tripped, then how, that's that's an onus. Like how, what's the what's the debate? So the Gemara says, I'll tell you the debate. Okay, we're looking for a case where a camel he fell. Slips, yeah, but how's that a Pshia? You should have to let him walk on a slippy area. Oh, so the Gemara says. Here's the case. The case is where the, where, you actually, you know, you could see this very, very clearly. Uh, park, park, not park, uh, flushing Meadow. Sometimes when there's big rains, the water will sort of cover up the end of the bank area. So you're walking near that area, and the camel doesn't see where the bank is. Like, he doesn't see what's water and what's just puddles, and it trips. So that's a machlaikis, is whether you're Peshea. But here's the question. I, I, what's the machlaikis about? If there's another route, you're definitely Peshea. If there's no other route, what do you want me to do? If the, if the only road to get home is to walk through that area, then you tell, how was a Peshea? I, I have no choice. Is it sort of like a dangerous area? Yeah, but, I, but, but again, whatever the cheshbon is, Again, if I have an alternative, I definitely can... Uh, I don't see why that would be a machlekes. If my father's case, I, I don't see it as a because if you have an alternative route, you're definitely pashay by putting it into an area that's, that's hard to walk. And if there's no other route, what would you like me to do? So the Gemara says, Hey, Chidami, well, what's the case? If there's another route that he could take, avoiding that flushing meadow area, then Pesheh, then you're for sure Pesheh. Why are you going, if you have a choice that's beautifully sunny, or you go there, of course you're Pesheh, there's no Shaila. And if you don't have an alternative route, then what do you want me to do? Honestly, I gotta get home. So the, here's the case. You know what the case is? You stumble, and then your camel stumbles over you. So if you, so it's Lishitase. You stumble, and then the camel stumbles over you. You're walking in front of the camel, and you trip on your own feet, and the camel falls on you. So if you hold that stumbling is a pshia, then the animal falling on you is your pshia, then it's your punishment. If, 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 but if, 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 if stumbling is not a pshia, if stumbling is an oinus, then the animal's oinus are an oinus. That, 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 that would be the case. Okay, now one last point. Rabbi Yehuda in our Mishnah said that you're only chayv if you're mechaven. Okay, so let, let's go with, let's go, and we said there's two machloikzim. Okay, the first machlaikis is you're walking and you're stumbling, right? Review the holds potter because it's not a pshia. So then the words mechaven makes a lot of sense. You're not mechaven to break it, meaning it's not like you, yeah, that's not called mechaven. The second time they argue is if you drop the glass and then you're mafkarid and then you, someone falls on it, review this says you're potter because bar means something I own. So how does the word mechaven imply that? Ravidah says, you're only chayev, and chayev, you're only obligated if you're mechaven. You know, he should say you're only chayev if you own it. The word mechaven doesn't really 
give over the message that he's trying in the second debate. In the first debate it does, but not in the second debate. Because in the first debate, the Shaila is, is tripping Pshia. So if you just says no, so you're only mechavin, you're only chayiv if you're mechavin to, to, to fall or mechavin to break it. But if the second case, it's a fundamental shailav, is bar chayiv if it's ownerless. So the word mechavin doesn't really, what, was yeah, but, but, but what does mechavin mean? The end result is that he's putter. Yeah, but what, what you should say in mechavin. Okay, so, so the Gemara gives another answer. The Gemara says, the Gemara says, Mafkir, mafkir nizak of my 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 That the case of the second case. Why are you calling them mechavin? The Gemara says, Amar of Yosef, mechavin lezakas charoses. Chinarashi, mechavin lezakas. You know what it means? Your mechavin means your mechavin to still own it. Meaning, you drop that sh- those shards of glass. We assume you're mafkir. If you're mafkir, you're potter. When are you chayv according to either? If you're not mafkir, meaning, let's. Say, I still want to own it. I still want it. They're 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 important shards to me. Whatever it is. So then. No, so, meaning Rav Yehuda is saying, your potter until you're mechaven to keep it as, as an owner. Meaning mechaven means to retain ownership. You're mechaven to not be mafkarit. It's not as well as it, it's hefka. Yeah, yeah, whatever, until fine. You... Yeah, the point is Rav Yehuda, when he says mechaven, what he's trying to give over, he is saying, you're right now, you're potter because it's ownerless, you're only mechaven if it's mechaven, meaning if you're mechaven to keep it as owner. Yeah. Now, Okay, now, so we have right now two machloiksim. One is that they... F- I'm sorry, how, why is the status quo that it's hefkar? Wouldn't it... Uh, first of all, I... I make it hefkar? Like, I would assume the other... You're saying it's to take it back? It's it was yours to begin with. It's natural status, it's hefkar. As soon as I drop something, it smashes it. So, so then Muki Yosef talks about this, and Muki Yosef says that it could be mechavin just means you didn't make it ownerless. Mechavin, the way... Yes, the way you we're reading in Apashup Shad, it sounds like what you're saying, which is status quo was ownerless until you mechavin to retain ownership. But the Menuki Yasa says that that's not really what it means. What it means is you're mechavin to keep ownership, meaning as a, you were not mafkarit. So it, it, you, can, you can wiggle out. What the status quo is, you can get out of it. Uh, you understand? Everyone the, would hold that. Who wouldn't hold that? That's the point. Rabbi Yehuda is not saying a bechidish. You're right. Rabbi Yehuda is, is, Rabbi Yehuda is saying, I disagree with you. I think you're only chayiv in a black and white case. Yeah. But now the case with the water, you can't there's no case where you could be mechavet. No, you could, you could, you could so want to keep the, the water yeah, yeah. I want to bring my animal back. I want to bring my animal back to drink it. Yeah, why not? Um, now, so you have a machlekes, and the machlekes is again one machlekes is where the animal did damage while it's falling. The second machlekes is where the animal did damage after it, it fell. And and I I, I was own, ownerless, and the question is bar from the Torah ownerless or owned. So says the Gemara. Rabbi Lazar Oimer b'shas nefila machlekes. Rabbi Lazar says they only argue b'shas nefila. Now here's the problem. They argue in both. Like, it's clear they argue in both. Like, and that, that's kind of be part of the issue. We have a brysa that indicates they argue when it fell. We have a brysa that indicates they argue afterwards. So, Rav Yosef says, they only argue when it fell. But after it fell, there's no machlaikis. The Gemara says, Avlacha nefilamai, divar kol pater, There's a clear brysa that says, the item broke. You didn't remove it. Rav Meir says, Chayiv, Rav Yudah says, Potter. So how could you say they only argue in the first case, not in the second one? I mean, they argue in both. No, Elamai, Divra Kol Chayiv, Ikra Divra Yabon de Potri. Elamai, Bishas Nefila, Af Bishas Nefila. What Rav Elazar meant is, they even argue when it fell, meaning, they argue in both cases. They argue after it fell, and they even argue if the damage happened as it's falling, and the Machlaikis is whether stumbling is a Pshia. In other words, Rav Elazar is saying exactly what we thought, which is they argue in both cases. Uh, and the Chiddush is like Abaya, go to the next page. That Abaya, meaning he's he's just reiterating Abaya's opinion that the Machlaikis is 
that the machlekes is where uh, by both where it fell and after it fell. Okay, Rav Yochanan says the same thing. Rav Yochanan comes in and he says they argue after it fell. Here's the problem: they also argue as it fell. That's the issue. What is Rav Yochanan trying to say? The Gemara says, Av mai. So what happens? So what do you mean? So you're telling me they only argue in the situation where you already dropped it and you were mafkar and didn't pick it up. But if it took, did damage as it's falling and you're tripping, that you're telling me is not machlekes. Divra kol potter. It's, it's, it's universally accepted that you're potter. Rav Yochanan later on, this is, um, this is uh, in, like, I think, two days, Daf Lamed Aleph. Rav Yochanan is describing a b'risa. And he says the following line about this b'risa. He says, Rav Yechonah says, don't explain the Mishnah like Rav Meir who says that stumbling is a pshia. You know what that means? That means that it's a machlegas. And he's saying, don't interpret the Mishnah like one version over the other. If Right now we're saying Rav Yechonah says, they only argue in the second case. What about the first case? Meaning where a person stumbles. That everyone agrees. Rav Yechanan in two dafim says, do not explain the b'risa like Rav Meir who said that stumbling is a b'shia. Meaning, they argue by both. So the Gemara says, says, okay, everyone agrees that you're chayiv in, this, in the first case. But that's also not true. If Rav Yechanan is saying, don't explain them like Rav Meir, that means that Rav Meir and the Rabbanan argue. So what does Rav Yechanan mean? So the Gemara says like this, everyone agrees they argue by both. They argue by the falling, they argue afterwards. So what did Rabbi Yochanan mean when he says they argue afterwards? You know what it means? Here's the case. I'm walking in a barrel, and I trip, and I stumble. According to Rabbi Yehuda, stumbling is, is not a pshia, it's an onus. I hurt someone as it falls, potter. It falls, breaks, a mafkarit, someone falls, potter. That's our view, the shita. Let me ask you the same question. So I draw, the, the, the glass breaks out of my control and I choose not to pick it up. I'm just mafkarit. According to our view, I'm exempt because bar from the Torah is, is oh, it's fine. What if instead of that, I take a glass and I see people walking, I'm like, this will be funny. I break it and I'm like, hefker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the same fundamentals, right? It's the same thing. Says Rebbe no, everyone agrees, chayv. Meaning, Rav Yechanan says they only argue, they argue after the nefila. What Rav Yechanan meant to say is, the whole reason why the Rabbanan are lenient is dafka in this situation where the falling was considered an onus. But if the breaking was considered a pshia, then the Chazal are punishing you, you can't just be mafkar. So that's Rav Yechanan's point. Okay, fine. Now one last sugya, it's related to this, we just got to keep going. It's weird. What's Tyson is bothered by this. We just got finished saying what Rav Yochanan said. Now we're gonna we're gonna sort of like pretend he didn't say this and like reanalyze Rav Yochanan as if he didn't say it. Let's look inside. Itmar, Mafkir Nezakov. This Shiloh that we've had that we right now we're saying is Machlekes are main Rav Yehuda, and that is I drop glass and then I Mafkir it. Is that bar from the Torah? Rav Meir says. Yeah, because bar is always ownerless. And Rav this says, no, bar is owned. So that's a machlekes tanoim. Look at this. Itmar. Mafkir nezakav. I leave items in Rosh Hashanah and I'm mafkir it. Rav and Rav Yochanan argue. Chanam rechayiv, chanam repater. So it seems to be this machlekes tanoim is a machlekes of Yochanan and Rav So the Gemara says, Leima manta mechayiv karav meyer, manta pater Beautiful. It sounds like Rav Yochanan and Rav We don't know who said which, but one said chayiv, one said pater. The one who said chayiv is following Rav and the one who said Potter is following Rav Lozer, following Rav Yudu. That seems to be pretty simple. The Gemara says, no. No, 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 no. 
everyone agrees that Rav Meir would say that you're chayiv if you're mafkarib, because that's what he feels is the bar from the Torah. The machlegis Rav Yochanan and Rav Elazar is what would the Rabbanan say? Meaning, man de patri, ki pligalib the Rabbanan. The whole machlegis is what is the Rabbanan's view? Keep man de pater karabana. I mean, the one who said pater is because he follows the Rabbanan sheet. The Rabbanan sheet, simply put, is that bar from the Torah is owned, and therefore if you're mafkar, that's not bar. Uman de mechayiv, so why does one opinion say chayiv? Amrlach, and this is what we just referenced, anod de amri l'rabbanan. The other opinion, whoever it is, either Rav Yechon or Rav Yechon, said, no, 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 no. I think everyone agrees that it's chayiv. Why? I, I thought the Rabbanan say that that's not bar. The case is where I took a bottle and I broke it on purpose. So the one who says potter says, well, technically, according to the Rabbanan, that's not a bar because it's ownerless. The other opinion says, no, no, no. The Rabbanan were only lenient where the breaking was an onus. If the breaking was done on purpose or done as a pshia, then you're chayv. So the machloikas of Yechon Rav Elazar is all in the Rabbanan Shita. What happens if you break an item due to a pshia and then you're mafkar it? Is that bar? One opinion says, well, technically, yes. Uh, technically, no. I'm sorry. It's not bar from the Torah. Bar is owned. This is not owned. So you're part of The other opinion says, no, no, no. Over here, the breaking was pshia. So you can't get out of it by just being mafkar. That's the machloikas. Now, what we're going to be doing until the end of the daf. Although we just quoted this as being in the name of Rav Yochanan, we're going to go for the rest of the daf to try to figure out who said what. Again, the machoikis is, I break a glass in Rosh Hashanah due to a pshia, and then I'm mafkarit. One opinion says potter, because every bar is owned. This is not owned. The other opinion says chayev, because it was a pshia. That's the machoikis, and we're going to try to figure out, Rav Yochanan said this way, Rav Elazar said that way, vice versa, back and forth, back and forth. Tastiim de Rav Elazar hu I think Rav Elazar is the one who said chayev. Again, I broke it over here, and then I mafkir it. The one opinion says potter, because he says that bar is owned by the Torah. The other opinion says chayiv, and he says you're chayiv, even though you don't own it. I think Rav Elazar is the one who says chayiv, even though you don't own it. Why? Dom Rav Elazar, Meshem Rav Yishmael. Rav Elazar is a very famous teaching of Rav Elazar, named Rav Yishmael. Shnei dvarim enan b'rshus There are two items that do not belong to you. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu made them yours just to punish you. Bar you don't own, but you're going to be punished. By the way, stop right there. That clearly shows that he holds that bar is ownerless. Okay. And the second one is chametz. Think about it. If I own chametz on Pesach, it's, it's also no, it's not mine anymore, but the Torah says it's yours to be punishing. Fine. But what do you see over here? Bar, he says, is ownerless. So we're having a Shiloh. I break glass... And then I'm after it. Am I chayiv or not? One opinion says you're potter because bar is owned. The other opinion says chayiv because bar is hefker. This, so who said what? Well, Rav Elazar is quoting Rav Yishmael who pretty clearly says that bar is ownerless. Now, stop right there. This is a good proof. The problem, I just want to just, because you're going to forget. Oh, we're making great time. We've done it in like six minutes. We're going to forget. I just want to remind you now. We are going to reject Rav Elazar's view. Notice how Rav Elazar is quoting Rav Yishmael. So it's not Rav Elazar himself. So even if Rav Elazar were to say otherwise, it would not be a contradiction because Rav Elazar is saying the name of his Rebbe, Rav Yishmael. So sometimes you have this a lot, Hadidei, Hadirabe. So that, that's a pretty common theme throughout. Just remember who's talking here. So right now we're saying that Rav Elazar holds that a bar, B'Shesh Arabim, it means it's ownerless. Ownerless. And if you own it, then you're Potter. If it's ownerless, then you're Chayef. Which means that Rav Yochanan holds that for a bar from the Torah is actually owned by you. 
So Gemara says, wait, wait. So you tell me, according to Rav Lazar, bar is ownerless. That's when you're chayv. Did Rav Lazar actually say this, that bar is ownerless? Here's the problem. Rav Lazar seems to say the opposite. Rav Lazar seems to indicate you have to own a bar to be chayv. All right now we're saying, according to Rav Lazar, hefker, chayv. The problem is, we seem to have the opposite. We seem to have a teaching that Rav Lazar implies that because it's not owned by you, it's potter. What's the teaching? It's not. Okay. I go into Shisarab and there's, there's dung, there's animal droppings, and I'm moving them. I'm moving from one side of Main Street to the other. What's the halacha? And then someone gets damaged in the new spot that I put it in, I'm chayiv, because I moved it there. That makes a lot of sense. It's sort of like you dug a pit, right? Like the pit is on the east side, right? The dung is on the east side. You move it to the west side of the street, and someone gets damaged over there, well, well you, you put it there. Comes Ravalazar. I'm Ravalazar. Ravalazar says, when are you chayiv? When you own the dung. But if you're not mechavin to own it, meaning if you're not mechavin, so it's hefker, potter, so you see that Rav Lazar is contradicting himself. Before he said that a bar is ownerless and the Torah makes it yours. But now he's saying, if you move dung, as long as you're not mechavin to own it, you're potter. Because it's not owned by you. So is a bar hefker or is a bar owned? Which one is it? First, like, it seems like he's holding like Rav Yehud also, well, yeah, 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 100%. And that's the point. That's a contradiction. Okay. Uh, at first, he starts saying, like, he's talking like a mayor, and now he's talking like a view. Exactly. Okay. Now, the Gemara, so again, this Alma, Mafkin, Nezaka, Potter. So again, you have a straight up contradiction that the first Brysa, Revelazer said, all bar is ownerless, but now he's saying, I'm Potter by the dung because I didn't machaven to own it, because it's ownerless. So is ownerless a reason to Potter or a reason to be Machai? So says the Gemara. The Gemara gives the first attempt, and we'll reject it. I'll tell you why. Generally, a bar is ownerless, and you're chayv. So why are you putter by the dung? Because you just picked it up and put it down in the same spot. So you didn't even make the bar. Meaning, if you dig a bar, you did a maisa, then you don't own it, you'll be chayv. But over here, you picked it up. Now, if you're mechavit to own it, then you made it yours, but you're not. You're potter. Why? I thought, because it's ownerless. The answer is you put it back in the same spot. Oh, so Revelazer is Dafka talking about a case where you picked it up and put it back in the same spot. So the reason why he holds Potter by ownerless is not in general, it's Dafka in that case. And here's the problem. The problem is, what, what does it matter? And, and, and the Gemara explains, Abba Ravina, and to illustrate this, you'll see the problem with this. You know what it's like? It's like you find the pit that's open, you cover it, and then you uncover it. I'm not going to be chayv. The original owner's chayv. So by over here, the dung was dropped on the east side. Whoever dropped it there is going to be chayv. I pick it up, and I put it down in the exact same spot. I'm potter. What do I do? And that's why I'm potter, because it's ownerless. Not just because it's ownerless, because I also did nothing. Here's the, here's the difference. And what is it comparable to? You have a pit that's open, you cover it, and then you uncover it. So you did nothing. It's not exactly the same. I'll tell you why. The second you lift up the dung, it's removed. Right. It's gone. By you putting it down, you're actually, you know what it's more similar to? It's more similar to a case like this. I find a pit that's empty. I fill it with dirt. And then I dig it again. And you know what the halach is in that case? You're chayef. The second you lift up the dung from this main street, at that point, there's no more bar. You've removed the bar. By you putting it down, the Gemara looks at it as like, oh, what did I do? You did everything. 
Because by you picking it up and putting it down, you're mechaiv yourself again. So the Gemara, that doesn't make any sense. How do you compare the two? By you lifting up the dung, you entirely remove the, the hezek. By you putting it down, you're the you're creating a bar. You know what it's more comparable to? It's more fun. You find an open pit, you filled it with dirt. You remove the v'chazer v'chafra. And then you dig it anew, the Vistalgumaiserishan Mikhaila Bershusai. So what are you telling me? Normally it's potter. You said, yeah, normally it's potter, but over here, no, I'm sorry, normally if it's ownerless, it's chayiv, but over here it's potter because you didn't do anything. Picking it up and putting it down is doing something. So I said, okay, I'll tell you what. I'm Ravashi, Hapchalapakas Mishalaisha. You didn't pick it up three twachim. So generally throughout throughout Shas, within three twachim is loved. So you mamish did nothing because it's it's ownerless, and the main point is not that it's ownerless. It's that you, you, you didn't pick it up three tvachim. So if you want to be mechayev, you have two choices. You can either pick it up three tvachim or under three tvachim and have mechaven to own it. So let me ask you a question. I have this, okay, fine, whatever, that's the shot. So Rav Elosif sees this b'risa, and he says, the b'risa says yechayev, and he has two choices to explain the b'risa. You can either lift it up above three, or you can lift it up below three and and then and mechaven. Those are the two options to be chayev. Either above three, doesn't matter your kavana, or below three and mechaven to own it. And he says, Sahani Mili, so Rabbi says, it's below three. And that's what he says, it's, it's, it's a difference in Mechav or not. Why is he like stuck to explaining the Braisa when he didn't pick it up nine inches? Right? It's like Rabbi looks at the Braisa and he's like, well, he didn't pick, up, pick it up nine inches. He didn't really do anything. So if you're Mechav to own it, then you're Mechayiv. If not, not. Why can't it be that you picked it up above three? Just, just, just push it. There's two ways to understand this Braisa. Either lifted it up above three, or it's below three, and now it's getting into Kavana games. Why not just say you picked it up above three? Just push it, it came to the Brysa. It's a very strange assumption. So the Gemara says, Why does Ravalaza look at this Brysa? And he's like, I know for sure you did, didn't pick it up three Tvachim. So you didn't do any Misa. So the only way you'll be Machayev is if you have Kavana. Why can't the Brysa just be where you picked it up 20 inches? And then you're automatically chayv. What, what, what did he see in the b'risa that he said, that, oh, it must be less than three? Where do, where do these words indicate in that b'risa? So the Gemara says, Amarava, masisen kashise, ma'ir yohopach. The b'risa never says lifted. It says hopach. Hopach means like turn over. Rav looks at the word hopach as less than three tzvachim. Listeni higbiya, l'shmamina, kol hopach l'maitim Okay. Back to our discussion. We're still having this broader discussion of Rav Lozer and Rav Yochanan as to when the Torah Chayev is a bar, is it ownerless or owned? Again, we started with a proof that Rav Lozer quoted his Rebbe, Rabbi Shmal, that said that there are two things that are ownerless, but the Torah punishes you, and one is bar. So Rav Lozer clearly holds bar is ownerless, which means Rav Yochanan holds bar is owned. It has to be owned. So the Gemara says, That means that if it's an ownerless bar, Rav Lazar says chayiv, which by definition means Rav Yochanan says potter. Here's the problem. Right now you're saying that according to Rav Yochanan, it has to be owned by you, to be chayiv. If it's ownerless, it's potter. It has to be owned. Did Rav Yochanan actually say this? Look at this Mishnah, and you'll see there's one problem with this Mishnah. The Mishnah says like this, If you hide a thorn or a shard of glass in Rosh Hashanah, or if you make the fence that is open to the public full of thorns sticking out, or a fence of yours falls into Rosh and it did damages someone, these are all cases of bar. 
says the following line. The case, this case, okay? My 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 door is open to mainstream. The case of the Brisa is my door is full of thorns sticking out. Rabbi Yochanan says, so the Brisa says, Yechayev, because you you're basically putting sticks out into Main Street that people are hurting themselves on. Rabbi Yochanan says that's only true if the thorns are sticking out. But let's say the thorns are sticking down, like this. They're, they're not sticking up; they're sticking down. So you're Potter. Why? So the Gemara says, Mitzamsa my time of Potter. Why is it Potter? So Lav Mishum to Havli Bar The reason is because what are you doing in my backyard? Michlal the Chiyiv the Bar which implies that it's only Potter because it's in my backyard. But had it been a Rosh Hashanah, I'd be Chayiv. I'm a Mafkin of Chayiv. Meaning, Rav Loza says you're Chayiv if it's Hefker, which means according to Rav Yechonon, you're only Chayiv if it's owned. So if you're Chayiv, it's owned. Why is it that if it's sticking down, are you Potter? If you're sticking down, you're Potter. Why? You say because it's, it's it's owned in your backyard. I thought he holds it you're Chayiv if it's owned. Again, Rav Loza says all bar is ownerless, which means that Rav Yechonon says all bars are owned. So how come Rav Yochanan said that if the thorns are sticking down, you're potter? You say, yeah, because that's, on, that's close to your property. It's owned. So what? He holds that you're chayv if it's a bar, that's your own. So the Gemara says, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. If I have a door, a wall to Rosh Hashanah, that the thorns are sticking down, the only way to hurt yourself is if you rub up on my door. That's on you. Meaning, Rav Yechanan feels that it could be that if a bar is owned by you as Chayef. So how come you're potter in that case? It's because based on the way it's situated with my property, the way, only way, meaning, Rav Yechanan and Rav Elazar are arguing in a case where it's owned by you. What's the case? The case is where I have 10 feet of my property, I donate to Main Street, and now the thoroughways, everyone's walking through, and I happen to dig a pit, and I still own the pit. That's a Shiloh. That's the Machlegas. In this case, though, it's my wall is adjacent to Main Street and the thorns are sticking down. The only way for you to hurt yourself on my property is if you rub yourself up on my wall. That's on you. So it could be this Shiloh. The point is this Shiloh is unrelated to the other Shilohs of owned by you or not. That, that's the point. So the Gemara has one last point. Wait, wait, you're telling me that according to Rav Lazar, if a, a bar is ownerless, which means according to Rav Yochanan, all bar is owned to be chayev. And if it's ownerless, it's potter. Did Rav Yochan actually say this? Doesn't Rav Yochanan pass like a stam Mishnah? Utsnan, and the Mishnah says, The Brisa clearly states, "Bar not a case where it's yours and you pulled your property line back. No, is ownerless. That's a stam Mishnah. Rav Yochanan passes like a stam Mishnah, which means Rav Yochanan holds ownerless is chayiv. Beautiful. You're right. Now here's the problem. What was the issue with this? Rav Lozer was the one who quoted his Rebbe, who said that there are two things that are ownerless, and the Torah is machayiv you. So how could Rav Yochanan and Rav Lozer both say the same thing? They're arguing. The Gemara says, "Midrav Yochanan Rechayiv Rav Lozer Rapoter." Amar Rav Lozer, Meshum Rav Yishmael, Din Rav Lozer, Quote Rav Yishmael. There are two things that are ownerless, and the Torah says you're punished. The answer is Loi Kasha Hadi Day Hadi Rabbe. The answer is notice it's Rav Lozer in the name of Rav Yishmael, meaning. Ravalozer himself, Taka, holds that you're potter because it's ownerless. Ravalozer's Rebbe follows Rav Yochanan that all Barbisha Sarabim is ownerless. All right, we'll stop here.